Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. But Exodus chapter number uh, uh, 12 this morning and... I'll give you a little thought out of here. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Uh, Exodus chapter number 12 this morning. I want to pick up reading uh, in verse number 1, and we'll read down through about verse number 13 this morning. The Bible said this, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the numbers of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts of the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. The Bible said in verse number eight, and they shall eat of the flesh, eat the flesh in that day, roast it uh, with fire and unleavened bread and with the bitter herbs shall they eat it. Verse number 9 says, Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast it with fire, his heat with his legs, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. Bible said in verse 11, For thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Both man and beast against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now look in the middle of verse number 13. I want to use it for a text. The Bible said this, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Father, you know the need of this service today, and I pray, God, that your will and way would be done. God, I pray, Lord, that as we try to preach for a little while, God, that you'd breathe on us and use us today. God, I pray, Lord, that the people wouldn't see me today, but God, that they would see you through me today. God, I pray, Lord, that we would rightly divide the word of truth today. Help us to get
get clear understanding from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, when you come to the book of Exodus, you'll find that one of the key things in the book of Exodus is God sets us free that we might serve him. You'll find really that the key theme in studying the book of Exodus is one simple word, and that is the word redemption. The word redemption all throughout the pages of the book of Exodus, you'll find that redemption is going to take place. You'll find that the children of Israel has been in bondage. Whenever we come to chapter number one and two, they find themselves in bondage. And you'll find that God is going to use Moses to lead God's children out of Egypt's land and lead them into Canaan's land, which is a picture of the victorious Christian life that you and I can live today. You'll find that in studying it, that in chapter number one and verse number eight, the Bible said, now there arose up a new king over Egypt. Now this part is important, which knew not Joseph, which knew not Joseph. If you'll study the book of Genesis, you'll find that Joseph had found favor with Pharaoh and the people of Egypt. But when you come to Exodus, you'll find that there was a generation and a new king, a new Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. And because of that, Pharaoh began to look at the children of Israel. And Pharaoh noticed, as you read in chapter number one, that God had blessed the children of Israel. And Pharaoh decides to take the children of Israel and put them in bondage. So when you come to chapter number one, you'll find that redemption is needed. In chapter number two, you'll find a redeemer is being prepared. In chapter number three and four, you'll find that the redeemer is commissioned. You that knows your Bible knows that it is a man by the name of Moses. In these two chapters, we see Moses' call, his objection, and then you'll see his obedience. You'll find that initially Moses did not want to do what God had for him to do. He said, whom shall I say sent me? And Moses was in a place where quite possibly he wasn't interested in doing that. But Moses ends up being obedient to the commission of God. You'll find in chapter 5 through 7 there is redemption obstructed. And you'll find that Pharaoh rises up against the Israelites and against Moses and against Israel and tells them that they cannot go out. In other words, Pharaoh is trying to stop what God has for them. Can I give you a little illustration this morning and a little typology? Moses is a picture of Jesus leading us out of bondage. You'll find that Pharaoh is a picture of Satan himself or if you want to look at it even deeper, the Antichrist that will step out on the scene one day. But I sure am glad that when God's got a plan, God will execute that plan and God's will will be done. You'll find that that redemption was obstructed. But also in chapter number seven, you'll find that redemption is accomplished through chapter number 14 of the book 
book of Exodus, you'll find that Jesus, or not Jesus, well, it was Jesus, but God ends up sending ten different plagues on the Egyptians. You'll find in studying that, the water was turned to blood, and there was the frogs, and man, you study all of these things, and there was the flies, and the swarms of flies, and the locusts, and the darkness, and the bulls, and the hell, and all of these things comes up against them, man. God is trying to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go, but Pharaoh is rebelling against that. So the tenth plague is fixing to take place. That tenth plague is what is known as the death of the firstborn of the children of Israel. In other words, the death angel is going to pass by Egypt. And if you do not have the blood applied to your door, the death angel will kill the firstborn of the household. But God has always provided a way of what? Redemption. And here in the book of Exodus, God is going to provide a way of redemption for his people. The world may have hated them Egypt. Satan may have hated them Pharaoh. But God had set a plan in place and God had got a man and prepared him. And God through that man is going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt's land. But there is going to be a great day before that. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but if you was to think about that today, if the word was to come that the death angel was going to pass by, and you say, well, why did they believe him? Well, I would say because nine other times he had been right on everything he said. Whenever you study Moses out, he quote unquote prophesies, hey, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And guess what? It happened. It happens. So whenever they say, hey, Moses goes to him and says, there's going to be the death of the firstborn. Uh, and, and, and you study, I'm trying to get somewhere. But you study that, boy, I would have listened to him. So here's what God says to the children of Israel. In order for the, the, the death angel to pass over you, the blood has to be applied to your life. In other words, in order for you to escape the judgment to come, the blood has to be applied to your life. Can I give us a practical illustration of that today? In order for us to escape the judgment that is coming, the blood must be applied to our life. Now note what he said in verse number, uh, verse number 3 of chapter number 12. The Bible said this, speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb. I see a potential sacrifice right there. He says in verse number four, the lamb, I see a public sacrifice right there. But if you'll note in verse number five, he starts out this way, your lamb. You see, there's a potential sacrifice. There was a public sacrifice. Oh, but when you come to verse number five, there is a personal sacrifice. Aren't you glad for the day that you realize that Jesus died for the whole world? Oh, but 
aren't you even gladder for the day uh, that you realize he died for you? Uh, I'm glad that he was your lamb, uh, but I sure am glad that he uh, is my lamb today. As you begin studying gifts, there's some things that you can note by way of introduction about this lamb. You see the lamb chosen in verse number 3. Individual sinners need a Savior. Jesus was the lamb chosen by God. I thought about what the Bible said in 1 Peter 1.20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. You see the lamb chosen. It was Jesus Christ that would be our lamb. I thought about this, the lamb chosen, but the lamb described. In verse number five, he said, your lamb shall be without blemish. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, the lamb has to be perfect. The lamb has to be without blemish. Hear me and hear me well. The reason you and I can never work our way to heaven is because we are not without blemish. We are not without. Every one of us battles our flesh on a daily basis. On a daily basis. The Bible said this, walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this lamb described in verse number 5, he said he had to be without blemish. Listen to what the Bible said in Hebrews chapter number 7. He said, but this man, who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He said, but this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. You know what he's saying about the Lamb of God right there? If you've not picked up yet, there's a parallel to this Lamb and the Lamb of God today. And you know what he's saying right there? He's saying the Lamb of God was harmless. The Lamb of God was perfect. The Lamb of God was undefiled. The Lamb of God was without blemish. That's what Jesus was. Listen to what he said in 2 Corinthians 5, 31. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Listen to what he said in 1 John, or not in 1 John, but the gospel of John 1, verse number 29, the Lamb described. He said the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto them. And here's what he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You see the Lamb chosen, the Lamb described, but watch this, I'll preach in just a second. You see the lamb slain. What did he say in verse number 6? The Bible said this in the latter portion of verse number 6. The congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Shall kill it in the evening. Uh, the lamb slain. What did the Bible say in Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 22? And almost all things or by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. 
You may say the reason the lamb had to be slain because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So I want to preach to you on this thought for just a minute this morning. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I, he's not talking about my blood. Nowhere will you find in Exodus that he talks about the blood of an individual. Their blood could do nothing for them. Nowhere do you find that they took their own blood and placed it on the doorpost. No, it was the blood of a a lamb without blemish and without spot. There was not but one man that ever lived without blemish and without spot. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. The only blood that will ever save us. It's not the blood of animals and of goats and of turtle doves but it's of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and he willingly shed his blood so we could live number one let me show you three things and we'll go home number one I want you to see the prominence of the blood the prominence of the blood when you study this out it's a prominent theme and main emphasis of this verse is the blood. The message of the blood is the main theme that runs throughout our Bible. I've already said this, but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You remember the story in Genesis chapter number 3? Genesis chapter number 3, man and woman sinned for the first time in the garden. God came walking in the cool of the day to them. And man, my shoes are slick because I just about fell right there. I don't know if anybody else seen it, but I got to take a time out because my heart just skipped a beat. I'm telling you, I don't know if they've got dirt on them from cleaning in the fellowship hall or what this morning, but let me just scuff them a little bit. I might run out in the parking lot and see if I can get it off. But in Genesis chapter number three, did you see it? I about fell. In Genesis chapter number 3, you'll find that Adam and Eve sinned for the first time in the garden. Whenever they did, God come walking in the cool of the day and they took some fig leaves and sewed them together. I better not take that apart. I might not get no lunch if I do, Brother Matt. But they took some fig leaves and they sewed I'm really wanting to get some of that. I'm not. But they took some of this stuff, it was real though, and sewed it together. And they tried to cover themselves with that. And you know what? God said, and I'm not quoting this verbatimly, but God said, that's not going to work. Your righteousness is not going to work. Your works, did you catch that? Your works is not going to do anything. The only way that you're going to be covered is if blood is shed. Genesis chapter number 3, it started with blood being shed. You say, how do you get that? God made them coats of skin from an animal. Have you ever been able to skin an animal and not have blood shed? It's not possible today. 
Matter of fact, you're not going to skin an animal without that animal dying. And there in Genesis, God is laying the plan out that because of man's sin and because of the fall of man, his works will do nothing for him. But I will supply the need that it will, amen. I'll supply the need that he cannot supply himself and that day in the garden blood was shed for the first time and it's prominent throughout the scripture blood has to be shed you say preacher preacher why is the Bible in Christianity such a bloody Bible and a bloody religion cause that's what God wanted Amen. You say, well, I needed more than that. Okay, I'll give you more than that. It's something you can't do yourself. We, hey, look, we cannot, we cannot do it ourselves. The prominent thing through the Bible is this right here. Blood has to be shed. Blood has to be shed. Boy, you can study it out. you can study out right after that. Y'all remember a man by the name of Cain in the Bible? He brought a sacrifice to God and it was not a blood sacrifice and God rejected that. It's prominent throughout the Bible. Blood has to be shed. Number two, watch this. I not only see the prominence of the blood, but I see this. I see number two, the protection by the blood. The protection by the blood. By the blood. What did he say in verse 13? He said this, When I see the blood, I'll pass over thee. When I see the blood, he didn't say nothing. Hear me tonight or this morning. He didn't say nothing about when I see your good works. Watch this. He didn't say nothing about when I see your family's name. He didn't say nothing about, watch this, when I see your bank account. He didn't say nothing about when I see your tithing record. You know what he said? He said, when I see the blood. It was plain and simple. To be protected from death, the blood of the Lamb had to be applied the protection by the blood. How was they going to make it? It was through the blood. <laughs> How was their kids going to make it? It was by the blood. How was they going to escape to Egypt, this world? It was by the blood. You say, preacher, how am I going to make it to heaven? There's one way and one way only. It's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll never work your way there. You'll never give your way there. You'll never do enough good works to your community to get there. You'll go by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ or you'll die and go to a devil's hell one day. That's just the truth of it. It was the protection by the blood. He said, I'm looking for one thing when I come by. Is the blood applied to your life? Number one, I see the prominence of it. Number two, I see the protection of it. Number three, and I'm done. I see the place of the blood. I see the place 
of the blood. What did he say? Here's what he said. That the blood had to be applied to the doorpost of the house. Now, I'm going to say something to you this morning. The place of the blood is this. It's got to be applied to your life. All three of my girls, I guess, is sitting here this morning. Yeah, there they are. One, two, three. There they are. You say, why'd you say I guess? Because I left way before they did this morning. They all three sitting here this morning. And I love my kids. I do. I thank God for them. I thank God for their, their testimony of being saved. They all three have a testimony of being saved. But at the end of the day, I, that's between them and God. I cannot determine that. I can preach Jesus to them. I can pray with them every night before they go to bed. I can tell them to read their Bible. I can encourage them to quote Scripture. But at the end of the day, that choice is in their hands. I, there are some things I can do for them. There is. There are some things that as a dad, I've done something for Olivia and Victoria yesterday that I, I'm not going to do for nobody else. I just barely will do it for my wife every once in a while. They thought they needed to go to the mall in Winston and to Alta. If you've never been to Alta, you need to go to Alta one time in your life. Scotty, have you ever been to Alta? Yeah, several times. Alta. Brother Lloyd, you ever been to Alta? They have beard products in Alta, I found out yesterday. Alta, they needed to go to Alta, Miss Mandy. And, and what was that other place? Sequoia or Sequoia or soap operas or something other. They needed to go in there and get their beauty supplies. So all you boys, they got new makeup on today, all right? You say, did you? I really said that. I don't want the girls looking at them. I want the boys looking at them. Somebody say amen right there. It's all right for a boy to look at a girl and a girl to look at a boy. Somebody holler amen. I'm preaching real good. Now, if that boy ain't nice to my girl, we might go on into the scriptures where it says the ringing of the nose that bringeth forth blood. Somebody say Amen. I took them yesterday and spent the morning and the day with them because that's what they wanted to do. I said, y'all pick what y'all want to do and we'll do that. I took my books with me and I, I, I pulled up and I sat out in the parking lot for just a little while and then Victoria decided she wanted to go to a different store than the other ones was in. So you know what? John just put his books back in the back of the truck and went and got Victoria and took her to a different store. I can do some things for my kids. But one thing I can't do for them, that's save them. I cannot apply the blood of Christ to their life. If I could, I would. You know what? If you're sitting here this morning, do you care to start playing softly? I, God knows my heart. I'll do anything I can do for you. I'll pray for you anything within my means. I'll pray for you. Sometimes I get a text and it says this, Preacher, I'm sorry to bother you. Don't never put that in a text because you're not a bother to me. Preacher, I'm sorry to bother you, but can you help me pray about this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Preacher, can you help me with this? Preacher, my, my, my loved one's lost. Or, or preacher, I need help with this. Down at the 
the farm. Can you come help me a little bit? And, and people in this room will testify, man, I, I, I'll do anything I can do within my power to help you. Okay, I'll do anything I can do. But there's one thing I can't do. And that's apply the blood to your life. It's a prominent thing throughout the word of God that the blood has to be applied to your life to go to heaven. I can preach to you. I can love you. I can laugh with you. I can cry with you. We can have good days together and we can have bad days together. And if you've been here long at all, we've been through those days. You know that in the midnight hour, I'll drop what I'm doing. I can't tell you the times I've left vacation early to come back. I'm not complaining about that. That's just part of being a pastor. That's not part of being a preacher. That's part of being a pastor. There's a big difference in a preacher and a pastor. Preacher will go on about his life. A pastor will stop his life to help you go on about your life. I'm not complaining. I'm thankful God put me in this. I, I, I'll do anything I can for you, but I can't save you. I can't. I can pray for you. Some of you in this room, I pray for on a, 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 I pray for everybody in this room on a daily basis as a whole in our church. Some of you, I call your name specifically daily because I know you're going through needs right now. Miss Olivia's having a hard time right now. Men, we're calling her name daily. Miss Dawn and, and, and what she's been through and others in this room, that I'm not at liberty to talk about your physical conditions right now, the storm that you're in in a physical way. And whenever those days come, I'll do everything in my power to be there for you. But I can never apply the blood of Christ to you. I can't. You know what you're going to have to do? The only way you're ever going to be protected from the judgment to come is by the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb has already been supplied. He's, <laughs> thank God He's already been supplied. The Lamb's already shed His blood. But you've you've got to apply that blood to your life. You've got to come to a place where you realize, watch this this morning, I'm lost and I need to get saved. If you never get lost, you'll never get saved. Can I say that again? If you never get lost, you'll never get saved. And you're going to have to come to that place where I'm lost. You're going to have to swallow pride you have to swallow public opinion. You have to swallow every bit of that. What's everybody going to think about me? You know what? I really don't care what everybody thinks about me. Thank God when judgment hits this country because it will based on the word of God again. And, and when the death angel passes by and the Antichrist, which is Pharaoh a type of, steps out on the scene, thank God old John ain't going to be nowhere around. The blood's been applied to John's life. He's going to be gone, honey. You have to swallow some of those things. You have to realize I'm lost. You have to realize nothing. Your money will never get you to heaven. 
Your good works will never get you to heaven. You coming to church will never get you to heaven. You know what? You could write a check for $100,000 to the church today, and I promise you I'll shout, and we'll put it on the lawn. And, and well, i tell you what we're going to do with 10% of it. We're going to tithe off of 10% of that, give 10% of it to missions, and the other 90000 we're going to put on the lawn. Somebody say amen right there. But that'll never get you to heaven. That'll never get you. Matter of fact, you could write a check for $615,000 this morning to pay this place off and still die and go to hell. The blood has got to be applied. You got to realize you're lost. You got to realize there's nothing earthly that you can do to be saved. And I say this morning, you're going to have to realize the Lamb and the blood of the Lamb is the only thing that can save you. That's it. And once you realize that, and it's as simple as this, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. I don't want to die and go to hell. God, would you save me? And you know what he said he'd do in his word? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I ask you this question in closing. When judgment comes, has the blood been applied? Because if it hasn't, it's going to be a bad day in your life. Father.